When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Pot diva. Hi, Diva. My name is Wallace Day. How are you guys doing? <laughs> it's amazing. I've never been to Tampa before, and the vibe at QFX is just so great. Everyone is amazing here. Okay, fantastic. So, we are here at QFX uh, in Tampa, Florida. The world's first ever LGBTQI fan convention. Hello, my name's Arlen. Uh, I play Nick Batan in season two of Motherland Fort Salem, and it's a total pleasure to be here. How have you found this weekend? I see you've done a few panels. Honestly, it's been quite a wild experience. I mean, obviously, the fans are so loving, but I didn't expect to be touched by all of it in the way that I have. So I feel really honored to be here. It's amazing to put faces to the names and the abyss that is a fandom. As a human being, I just feel really, really lucky. Motherland Fort Salem fans are just so devoted. It was really hilarious because we do the Twitter when the, the show comes out, and I actually had no idea how to use Twitter. I, through S, figured out how to use GIFs or GIFs or whatever. And <laughs> it's GIFs? Okay. <laughs> it's GIFs? <laughs> Who knows? So the GIFs, I think, is what connected me to the folks at Talder and... We just had great banter, and I'm like, you guys are hilarious. So I think humor was a big part of our connection, and being able to speak kind of as a character and as myself, commenting on what was happening, I think brought everything together. Very unexpected, very unexpected, fantastic connection. And the show has been so widely credited for its LGBTQI themes. How did it feel to be a part of this? An incredible honor, and a huge honor. Making space for people is one of the biggest things I want to do in my life, and it's kind of my goal in art. If this in any way, or if Nikta in any way makes someone feel seen, then I've done my job. That's beautiful. Um, to my fans, that you're valid, and that you matter, and that your emotions matter no matter what they are in each moment. Give yourself to some time to respect yourself and know that you deserve to take space. Especially when you feel alone, know that there are people that love you. Thank you so much. We have just had the panel on Batwoman. Would you both like to introduce yourselves? Yeah, hey guys. I'm Megan Tandy. I played Sophie on Batwoman. I'm Rachel Scarson, and I played Alice. I feel like I'm on a podcast. I know, literally, literally. <laughs> probably are on a podcast. Um, Fantastic. So could you tell me a little bit about your roles in the show? Yeah. Um, Sophie was originally a part of the Crows, which was a private security force. Um, it got dismantled, and she was 
both with Kate Kane and with Ryan Wilder, and she loves Alice. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're clearly trying to make this our own show. Um, I played Alice. I also played Beth Kane. Uh, Alice and Beth both were the sister of Kate Kane, the twin sister. I had a very rough go at it as a child and mm. became slightly deranged. But now I'm well on my way to getting help. Yeah. <laughs> In Batwoman, Megan, you were part of the first queer superhero couple. How did it feel to have this responsibility? Yeah, no, it felt amazing having that responsibility because, you know, it's weird. Like, when I first auditioned for it, like, I had no idea um, that I was going to be, like, the main love interest to Batwoman. So when I had first... Um, when the showrunner had let me know that, I was like, whoa, this is super cool. But then also I, I got to understand more of how important it was with black queer women and how it's just there's just so much stigma and just so much crazy things about it. And so just knowing that I actually had a position to represent something great and that it would actually inspire and empower other women of, of, of color and also who are um, LGBTQ, it was awesome. And you, you've spoken a lot about the, um, the fandom and how kind of difficult it is sometimes oh I've actually been lucky on this show I, I, I have not, not had, had that no 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 it, it was uh, in, uh, yeah mm-hmm. I think also maybe I just block like yeah or no. have like blocked out words or something for sure and we also have been doing a really good job too of just like not like getting sucked into it as well yeah, like we we kind we're, of, usually, we're we constantly kind of coaching each other, each other on that <laughs> yeah I, I was getting a little bit in season one because some people some people didn't want Sophie with Kate so that was kind of a thing but other than that it's actually been pretty great uh-huh. people um, are usually just like are you okay yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the show got cancelled which is such a shame so how did how did it feel to kind of have those fans, you know, and have that kind of sense of solidarity and give that representation? Because I think it's yeah, so honestly, it's fucking it's, awesome. Yeah, it's, like, it's oh so gosh, awesome. It's so, like, literally, crazy. we were just in the UK at another Comic-Con, and when we went, because there were different Arrowverse shows, and Megan, <laughs> Megan and I were like, hopefully people watch Bell. Yeah, like, yeah. I don't know, you know, because you're just, you're up in Vancouver, and you're kind of mm-hmm. doing your thing, and, like and you bubble. don't really know. Yeah, it's a bubble. Mm-hmm. And to, so... You know, I'm a fan of shows. I there are shows that I adore, and I've seen every episode of, and I follow along, and get like so nervous when I see them at a comic con or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and so to think that people feel that way about our show mm-hmm. is like so lovely. Honestly, there's like yeah, it's just there's nothing better. Yeah, and I mean, no like one wants to act on a show nobody watches. No, that's right. <laughs> no, exactly. But then also that's too, like, the fans, they've all been like like. They've got this campaign going now. Like, they're literally putting, like, digital billboards up in all these different cities. And I'm just like, oh. Like, just even seeing that, I'm like, it's, it's really taken me just, like, uh, totally aback. I'm just like, whoa, what is going on? Yeah, like, I love The Walking Dead, but I didn't get a billboard. Yeah, I knew, yeah. I was going to say, yeah, yeah, we let The Walking Dead just do it. I mean, thing, that's so. next level. That's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Aww. Thank you. Yes, thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So my name is Lily Richards, and I play Gemma in Scarebian B. And I'm Andala Rose, and I play June. Fantastic. So could you just tell me a little bit about Scarebian B? <laughs> so it's um it's a really fun thriller. Uh, I think the whole premise and the whole um, motivation behind Scarebian B was the fact that no queer women die in the film. I wanted to create like a fun a fun like thriller movie that had queer representation without queer people dying so that was that's so important yeah. all, the, all the gays just get killed they 
all get time. killed. You know, it's, it's, such yeah. a it's such a trip. It really is. Yeah, yeah so amazing. I will be in Scarebnb 2 with Mandala later this year. We're mm-hmm. filming in August. My short film, Welcome Megan, is currently on the festival circuits. So we won, we won Best Art Comedy at the um, Independent Shorts Awards. We have our Scarebnb. The double booking the in double August. Booking. I'm shooting a queer, beautiful love story that has won a bunch of script awards called Paradise Road. Just going back to Scarebnb, I just feel like queer women love horror and thriller. So to have this franchise just reclaiming the whole thing is amazing. Was it like to be involved? <laughs> a dream come true. <laughs> <laughs> I got to spend, what was it, we 10 days with three, four, five other incredible people uh, living in the house and then um, the crew as well. We just, it it was more than just the film. It was the experience of creating, uh, I mean, I call you guys a family, our Scarebnb family, because we're all going to come back together. It'll be the same crew, um, mostly the same people back for the the second shoot. I have made with this um, lifelong friends, Mm -hmm. which feels pretty pretty wonderful absolutely the whole thing was such an amazing bonding experience and I mean it really could have gone either way right you have four actors sharing a bedroom who get snowed in together on the first day of filming like it could have gone either way but (laughs) thank god we all really loved each other and so it just ended up being an absolutely wonderful wonderful very unique special experience with Emily and Kat. Please, can you introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Emily Andrus. I am the creator and showrunner of Winona. And my name is Kat Burrell, and I play Nicole Hot, who is character on Winona Earp. Kat, the way courtship is one of the most prominent couplings on the internet. Mm-hmm. What did it mean to you to be a part of it? It was an incredible journey. I mean, you, you start with, like, in season one, basically we were just, like, in this bubble shooting. There was no fan base. I didn't even know what a convention was. So to see what it's blossomed into and like the incredible community that the Erpers have built and the positive repre- representation that it's been a part of is like, it's amazing. It's I never thought in my wildest dreams that I would get as an actor to be part of such an important pairing. And um, I just, I feel honored. I, I, and it just gets better and better. And all the new Erpers that mm-hmm. we've kind of like found over the pandemic, it just keeps finding people. It's kind of crazy to me that it's been looking back now on six, seven years. Oh my God, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and it just keeps going, and it's it's its own thing, and it's amazing to be. I really do feel like I'm a, a just a cog in the wheel of like a much bigger thing that's moving forward. It's it's an honor. Mm-hmm. The physical intimacy between the two is just fantastic. Was it important to you to have that? I think it there? was, but I would also say, and feel free to jump mm. in here, but I would say it was also like an evolution. Like I think so much of that is trust between the performers mm-hmm. and hopefully the creators, and we all came to it together. I think like so much of the relationship was romantic, and I really love the domestic way hot as much as anything, but I was so proud of what we did in fourth season with the intimate you know, reunion and the sex scene, and I really feel like it had, was something that was not necessarily seen on television before and we handled it with so much care and affection and it felt safe for me I think I mean obviously I wasn't doing it in the same way but um I and I know how much it meant to so many of the fans and it's so important to put things like that on television because then it literally sets precedent it's existed and it's been out there and people have seen it and they have felt seen themselves and it's extremely hard to go backwards and I love being a part of something like that and saying we're here and this is beautiful and we need more of this. What was it like for you, Kat? 
I mean, Emily said it so beautifully. I just think I was so proud of the way it turned out. I was proud of, of the, the balance that we struck between it being like so intimate and character driven, but also so sexy. Mm -hmm. It felt so, so earned for these characters. It, what I love and respect so much about you, Emily, is that yeah. there's never anything on the show that feels like sensationalized or like it was thrown in there. Like it's always driven by story and character. It was so important to have a way hot sex scene and mm -hmm. to also for our fan base and for the characters and the journey that they've been on apart for that long, like everything just felt so, I wouldn't have changed a note. Like it was, yeah, it was wonderful. So, thanks, yeah. 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 And in season one, um, Nicole is shot whilst wearing a bulletproof vest, which I think, you know, came at a time when there was a lot of um, killing off of queer Cows. female mm -hmm. characters. Emily, what inspired you to include this? And Kat, how did you feel when you... <laughs> what a great question. Right. So I was privileged enough to work on Lost Girl before Winona Herb be a part of the queer community. I certainly was aware of the barrier gaze trope. So luckily we had actually written and shot that scene well before kind of the massacre that that was that season where so many lesbians were killed on television. So it was never ever a question for me that Nicole was actually gonna be in danger or killed. Um, it was definitely kind of an F you to that trope, I think, the, the dead lesbian being in danger and being sacrificed to kind of motivate someone else. Um, but I still felt a responsibility. I'll never forget the look on some fans' face in the commercial break where they did think Nicole was kind of, had gone down. It's so important to see kind of that pain and what it meant to that community. I wish more writers still to this day understood the responsibility you have to the community when you are portraying these kind of characters who are so often sacrificed for no reason at all except to drive story. I wish more writers still in 2022 were aw are aware of that trope and we're seeing it even this year, I would say, very carefully. Um, so I'm very happy that people responded to it to so positively, but it was never an option to do Nicole's story in any other way but that. But it was definitely a deliberate choice, a very F you. And also just to speak, I think, to like, the intelligence of Nicole's character, that she was like a smart sheriff in a crazy town full of demons. Like, I like that she was wearing a bulletproof vest, that this was an incredibly smart, intelligent woman. It's one of my favorite things about the way Kat portrays the character and Nicole Hot. So even on a more kind of general level, I was like, yes, this is another reason to love this character. Mm. So yeah. What did you think when you read it? Sorry. Well, when I read it, I was so, I mean, I, I feel like I've, I've spoken on this and now retrospectively, I feel like a freaking idiot. No. Cause I'm like, how did I not know? But I really just genuinely, like I'm not a huge a consumer of pop culture. Like I'm not yeah. pop culture savvy. So I wasn't aware. I knew that there was like, there was not good representation queer representation on TV, I, but I didn't realize that the trope was as bad as it was still, because I was sort of in a naive bubble of like living in a very accepting country yes. and city Canada's and so community and working yes. in the arts. Like I just yes. was not aware of how bad things still were. Yeah. I naively and sort of like starry-eyed probably assumed things were better than they actually were. So I actually had no idea that we were making the statement that we were. When I read the script, I read it completely as, oh my gosh, Nicole's gonna get shot, but she's a you know, she's a deputy, she's wearing this bulletproof vest. That like, I read it very much for face value of what it was, and I didn't realize, and I'm glad I didn't, because it's mm -hmm. been such a journey mm -hmm. of learning and knowledge and discovering as we've gone, and I'm obviously now in a completely different position of understanding. I'm really glad for, for the, the journey that I got to discover it on, and, and I've learned so much on the journey of, of telling these stories.
obviously season four, you know, when you get married. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. Was it important to you to have this, it end in this way? And what It was extremely important to me, I would say, that they get a happy ending. I think that's so rare, uh, particularly for a queer couple, particularly for two women. I wasn't sure, to be honest, if season four was going to be the end. I still don't know for sure. But I feel like the fans had come on such a journey with us and been so dedicated that we just didn't have any option but to give them their fairy tale ending. And it's so rare in television for two women to have that, that, yes, there was just no option but to end with the wedding, I think. And that commitment, that commitment and the commitment of Nicole becoming the angel shield and committing to staying with Waverly both spiritually and kind of like maritally. Yeah, it was critical and it just all came together and was so beautiful. So I'm glad people loved it though. You never know. So I'm so glad they responded to it the way they did. Yeah, Yeah. it was perfect. You did a beautiful job. Well, so did you guys. Yeah. I just remember talking with Dom about it and being like they would be so happy. Yeah. Because these characters sort of become a part of you. Like I still think about Nicole or like really any of the characters that have meant a lot to me that they exist somewhere that they're still out there living their lives and doing their thing and I think for me it was just you're so happy for the fans and you're so happy like we were so happy for Nicole and Waverly and that was like the best feeling because it's we had been talking about it on panels and envisioning it and kind of imagining it and then to see it come to life and to see the whole team get behind it like the crew dressed up for the wedding and it was just such a Everyone was there and seeing all the names of all the characters on the chair, like it was just like so multifaceted of how much it meant to the group and the team behind the Mm -hmm. show. And then knowing how it was hopefully going to come for the fans as well was just, it was the best. Thank you both so much. Thank Thank you so much. Pop Diva. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Pop Diva. 
Hi, I'm Erin Zach. <laughs> what a surprise! Yeah. <laughs> Shocking, I know. I'm a voice actress and I do predominantly a show called Ruby. I'm also in a show called Red vs. Blue. Yeah, Ruby's the big one. R-W-B-Y. I've always been the theatre kid. I was always the kid who would do weird voices and accents and just picked up things like that really well. The, the creator of the show, Ruby, knew that I was an actress and and was just a friend of mine. I was just around all the time, and he was like, hey, I've got this project that I want to do, and I want you to do it. I'm like, okay, sure, all right. Because I was a barista at the time, and, and uh, then it just blew up. Now here we are. I'm traveling the world and meeting people, and it's just been really, I hate to say, like, I've been real blessed, <laughs> like a real Southern gal. But, but I'm, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful for, for where I am. It has been an incredible journey and if I really sit down and think about it I might like get too overwhelmed but yeah it's it's really astonishing like how much has changed yeah it's like Harry Potter magic girl anime and it's full of like really badass fight scenes it's a really well-rounded show and definitely something I'm proud of the video game wasn't there yeah Ruby yeah. actually has a, f a few of them there's Ruby Grim Eclipse there's we're also in Smite again I was that kid it was like doing accents and doing different voices and stuff. And it was, it's like a completely useless talent. <laughs> I don't think a lot of people realize that whenever you're voice acting, you're alone in a box and you're reading against like the, the director, not another, another actor. Yeah. But I don't think people realize like a lot of the emotion that's portrayed is like 70% in your face. Mm. It was a fun challenge to, to make her sound interesting yet still like disinterested. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Can you tell me about your tattoos? <laughs> like which is your favorite tattoo? Oh gosh. Do they have stories? Like yeah. I'm very intrigued. Oh gosh. So I mean I think this is my favorite. Mm -hmm. It's the mermaid. I got her done in Australia. She took like seven and a half hours. She's actually not done but I love her. Then I've got a bumblebee which is actually for the show. Oh. Uh, the Blake and Yang. Mm -hmm. The Fool tarot card is you have to be able to laugh at yourself. Ruby obviously has a huge fandom, mm -hmm. so what do your fans oh, mean That's to a you? really good question. Well, I mean, this show has changed my life, and I was going through a really rough time. I've had such an, an incredible support from the fandom and being able to do these cons again and getting to, like, I've, I've kind of come out of my shell in the sense that I've, I've written about my experiences with mental health and eating disorders and like abusive relationships and just try to be honest and open about those kinds of things online because if I can help one person with with what I say then it's worth it's worth it like especially this weekend it's just been an, an incredible positive experience it's just incredible I, I don't really have words for it thank you so much for chatting to me it's been so lovely talking to you and meeting you yeah and you too about your tattoos. Like, yeah cute. <laughs> I have tattoo envy I don't have one I'm too oh, indecisive so that's okay you're, you're riding your life on your body hi I'm Erica Luttrell no, <laughs> Yes, I, I've been working as an actor since I was two years old. Mm. Uh, I like to joke, uh, it was in a Pampers commercial, topless. Really? Yeah, I was Including Lost Girl, where I played um, Val Hale's sister. And I, however, am gay. Uh, I have a wife. I have a new, uh, newborn son. There are so many different people in the world, and everybody needs to be represented. Mm. And it makes me so angry. You know, when I see people being like, liberal agenda, when they're whatever it is, 
reading about literally just showing the lives of people. We're not like making up like alien civilizations. And if we were, apparently that would be less triggering. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's, it's, it's just wild. It's like far less epic triggering than like being like, oh, these two women are in love. You know women, right? Do you know women sometimes love each other in a romantic sense? That exists maybe a few doors down from you in your own neighborhood. Is it weird that we're telling that story? That's strange, right? It's, it's absurd to me. It makes me so angry. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So you've also been in Westworld, iZombie, Salvation. What were these experiences oh, like for you? Uh, I was so nervous for Westworld. I loved Westworld. So overjoyed to be part of the fabric of that world. And Tandy, Tandy Way, now it has reclaimed her, her name at birth. Newton was the most welcoming human being. You know, it's always so lovely to encounter somebody who is met with great success, who is incredibly talented, but very tender with me and with and how lovely that was. Like I remember my shoelace was untied once and she like bent down to tie my shoelace. Like I had just met this woman and she's like she's like, Oh don't don't let me shoot just let me just give me I'm like, oh my God, don't do that. What are you doing? Stop it. And so it was really lovely working with her. Uh, Salvation, I was also incredibly nervous. Much bigger role. You made it through even though I thought I was gonna vomit on the carpet half the time. <laughs> I'm telling you it was a real situation. And now relaxed into my artistry and working on 911 recently that was a great experience I'm, I'm having so much more fun mm. to sort of sum it up as an actor mm. on camera I wanted to ask you about yeah. Lost Girl actually I feel like I have an obsessive personality and maybe that goes along with having anxiety I don't really know but like I was just like I, I as an actor I don't want to get too involved in shows that I know that I might want to be a part of at some point you know I don't want to be like quivering with excitement I just want to be like cool yeah whatever okay let me do my job let me be in this moment. I found it relieving that it, I don't even like the word dealt with, with bisexuality. I like, I like that it just showed humans <laughs> <laughs> being people uh, in relationship with one another. He didn't cater to uh, people's discomfort, that is. How wonderful it is to just sort of see it and how like, oh wow, what a vision into a world that we could have instead, hmm. where people just have relationships uh, and we don't condemn them for loving. I remember, I mean, Carol, for God's sake. I don't know, it, it was so exciting to see this sort of beautifully done sort of period drama with these, you know, powerhouse actors. I was like, just so jazzed, and I want to see more of like, you know, these big budget, again, powerhouse actors giving of themselves to real connective romances like that. It's something that everybody deserves to see represented of themselves. We've been around for a long fucking time. So, you know, it's about time. Let's go. And we're not going anywhere. No. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. I'll be very afraid. <laughs> Hello. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hello. I am Dalila Ali Raja. I am an actor, writer, producer, artivist. I always say, like, in this art is activism. Here I did a panel for the Black, Indigenous, and other people of color panel that was wonderful. And then this morning I did a panel on polyamory. I call myself ambifidelitous. Like, I could go either way. Like, I'm in a monogamous marriage now, and I was in a poly marriage before. Mm -hmm. It's multiple loving and got to actually kind of answer some questions for audience members. A lot of people are curious now. Like, when I was first coming out as poly, it was like the late 90s, and they had just barely coined the phrase, and nobody was really talking about it now. There's a lot more interest in 
deconstructing traditional relationship structures and giving people a chance to kind of choose what actually works for them best. Could you tell me a little bit about your thoughts on representation in the media? Um, we need more and it needs to be more coming from us being at the table and actually listen to mm. versus, and I, and I get what people are attempting to do, what a lot of times what's happening is that there was content that was sitting there waiting, that was already greenlit, and then the George Floyd explosion happened, which obviously all this stuff has been happening for hundreds and hundreds of years, but that it got more into the public eye. People started trying to say, oh, we've already got this thing, if we make this character black, and then this character Asian, and this character, then we've, and we fixed it. No, you haven't fixed it. Like, you, you need to actually culturally look at like how that person would be in that situation. Mm -hmm. Actually have writers in the writer's room that are writing to help give that voice to that character. Actually, that was part of what came up on the panel is one of the actors had some challenges with that on the Batwoman show. She was telling the story very validly that the showrunner wanted to tell because it was her person, the showrunner's personal story and they cast a black woman in the role. And she was like, but there's some things that culturally I just don't think a black woman would do in a situation like this. This wouldn't feel safe. Leaving out people's personal cultural things isn't helpful either mm -hmm. because this idea that a monolith of cis white heterosexuality is actually the universal versus that we are all equally valid in our different cultural experiences. People talk about like Bridgerton is ignoring race, but they don't. This season, you very specifically see the Indian culture actually completely interwoven with the characters, they just don't automatically make that a lower class. Hmm. They don't automatically make that less than. They don't automatically make that different. They've included their actual language and the way that they speak. In general, I just think there needs to be more awareness of things because it's fun. Yeah. Thank you so much for chatting to me today. It's been an absolute you pleasure. So welcome. You are a delight, and I'm glad that you guys came over to spend time with us and enjoy the festival. I'm glad too. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Pod Diva, queers for your ears, in association with Diva Magazine, the world's leading brand for LGBTQIA plus women and non-binary people. Please listen and subscribe on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts. You can follow us on Twitter at Diva Magazine. You can email us at editorial at divamag.co.uk. Share the love by leaving us a review. Pod Diva, queers for your ears. Diva. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.